I don't know what happened. I just took her out. I mean, I don't know, maybe she's sick? That's not possible. I feed her strictly Gwyneth Paltrow goop diet. Okay, so the only thing that I can think of is that sometimes I put a little bit of ketchup on my hands for her to, you know, like lick off. Oh! Molly Collier is an actress, playwright, and screenwriter based in New York City. And from her website, it all started when Molly was in awe of her older brother's daily activities. He was the town's youngest actor and singer. She lived to get a glimpse into his rehearsal rooms. He got cast in a local commercial where Molly got to be an extra, ultimately getting cut. She learned quickly that you need to make an impression if you want to make it in this business. She started auditioning for her own roles. You may have seen her as Amaryllis in her hometown's production of The Music Man in 2003. If not, you may have caught her as a pick a little lady in her hometown's second production of The Music Man Junior in 2004, or perhaps you saw her reprising that role in the neighboring town's production of The Music Man in 2007. Molly has also acted in New York City. In one of her reviews, Collier, who plays Cat, is in rare form here. I have followed her work for years, and she just keeps getting better and better with each year. And she started at a high watermark to begin with. Here she does the impossible. She speaks for the struggle of all women, and yet she elides that larger macro argument with a deeper personal investment that reaches to the very core of her character. Universal and specific at the same time, an extremely difficult feat to pull off, and Collier pulls it off with panache. More can be found on her at Instagram, Hi Molly Collier, her website, mollycollier.com, or from whatamidoinghereseries.com. Now you had uh, said that you moved to New Jersey mm -hmm. from New York, and you were originally from New Jersey. Is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's interesting because the way that, that you and I got to know each other was because a local community theater actor friend I had in small town Pennsylvania told me about you and that you had worked with Tom Ryersbach. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I grew up in New Jersey and then I went to school at Lycoming College in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, which um, I guess, are you from there, Isaac? Or No, I, I moved there. Uh, I've never, I'm not really from anywhere, but I lived in Williamsport for eight years. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, for half of that, because I went to school there. So um, while I was there, I got really, you know, turned on to contemporary plays and um, started a little theater company called Trap um, to read a play was the short or the long version of it. Because I had some like-minded classmates who really just wanted to get together and read plays. And we wanted to like, you know, connect with the community. We felt sort of like the campus. It was really easy to be in your own bubble. And um so we decided to branch out and that's how I met Tom. And then Tom invited us, you know, to do some readings with his theater company. And I got to meet all these awesome actors in the area. That's how that happened. So the trap, was that kind of like a reader's theater then? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, we would do readings um, at the community center, the community arts center. We did readings at, um, the art space in town. I'm like pajama totally factory. blanking on the name. Sorry. Pajama factory. Um, we did do one at the pajama factory once, I think, but no, there was a, um, there was like a gallery in the middle of town that we did. And then uh, Alabaster, we did them all over. We did them in this, in Lycoming's black box everywhere. Yeah. Cool. So you were not intending on doing acting at, at, until you were in school then? I've been acting you know, since I was a kid, I, it's, it's really funny to hear that 
uh, paragraph out loud because I, I wrote it sort of as a joke with a friend and I was like, this is my personality. Let's throw it out there. No one's ever going to see it anyway, so whatever. Um, but yeah, I've been doing, you know, musical theater since I was a kid and I just, well, I can't dance. So <laughs> I was like, I better figure something else out. And I went to visit Lycoming. I really liked their campus. I liked the feel. And it's a liberal arts school. So I thought, all right, I'll go there. Um, I actually was a digital media communications major first and um, music minor. And um, I ended up switching that around uh, and becoming a theater major. Although I think I might have been a, a double major digital media and theater. But I ended up switching everything around. I was, I was hoping I'd get into something like law or science or something, I don't know. But it just, I just put my hands in more artistic places and um, ended up graduating as a theater major and photography minor. So. So I, I do think I've seen you do some, uh, have you shared photography somewhere? Yeah, yeah, I do it a lot. Um, I have my own little Instagram for that, Molly Collier Photography. Um, it's just, it's a hobby. And also, I mean, a lot of my actor friends need pictures. And so few of them knew that I had that background. I tried to like keep it hushed for a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? I have a lot of fun doing this. So I started my own little side thing there. So um, by any chance, are you one of those actors that's also a photographer that can do your own headshots? Um, I, I can, I don't really. I mean, my latest ones, I have a friend who's a photographer. I gave her my camera. She's got a great eye and I was like, take some pictures of me and she did it. And those are my latest ones, um, which is nice. But you know, I, I do like to do the whole shoot and package and all of that when I can, cause I, want to support other photographers as well and also they can pull stuff out of you you may not be able to come up with on your own yeah exactly yeah any that you recommend uh yeah emily lambert photography she's amazing um and miguel herrera they're both incredible i've um gone to emily multiple times and what i love about miguel is that he really captures personalities more than just like a nice um, kind of pristine looking face. It's like you really get the essence of the person, I think, through the shot. Um, and that's what I, I really love about his. Nice. So talk to me, if you would, about, um, about who you were. I know that you were an, act, you were an actor from a young age or performer from a young age. Mm -hmm. Going to Little Williamsport, Pennsylvania for Lycoming College. And then who that turned you into as an artist once you left. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a big, um, topic because actually going to Lycoming really did help shape me. My high school and my hometown was extremely competitive because it was so close to the city and I think we had access to a lot of great resources and, um, outward help from the town, um, and funding and, and it was it was cutthroat. I mean, we all loved each other very much, but everybody was talented. And so many people from my school went on to become 
actors and artists and still are doing it and I run into them and it's great. But because of that, and that combined with my sort of lack of confidence at age 15, isn't the perfect mix for somebody who wants to go into show business because you have to be sure of yourself and um, confident in your ability. And both of those, I didn't even think I was the best person at my school. So how was I going to branch out from there? I mean, especially with musical theater, I can't dance really. My voice is more of like a jazzy sort of situation than like a belting to the high heavens. But I love people who can. So I was like, this is just not going to work for me. So I went to Lycoming and they were doing tons of contemporary plays. And that was sort of my first real introduction to that world. And I loved it. And I felt so confident. And I, um, you know, I, I got the lead in the first play that I auditioned for. And I was, I was terrified. I actually almost didn't even audition because my aunt, who I was very close with, had passed away. And um, her funeral was the same weekend as auditions. But um, there was like a scholarship thing involved. I had to go back. I had to audition. I did. I wasn't even thinking about it. I got the lead and I was like, what the hell? It was my first, you know, lead ever in my life. Um, And that kind of started the whole thing. And so um, I just had such a great time. And I really felt like I found my element um, in the performing world all of this simultaneously while my brother had just moved to New York City and started working with this theater company, Labyrinth, and telling me all about these plays and these playwrights that he was meeting and sending me plays to read and um, meeting people in the film program at Lycoming who were kind of into other sections. And it just was like the perfect storm of um, community and um, exposure at the exact same time. And it pushed me on this new path of, um, you know, contemporary plays and playwrights and short films and stuff, uh, stuff like that. Um, I will say at Like Homing, towards the end, I did not have the easiest time. Um, just in general, I, I think, you know, it, it, was, it was difficult for me. I had a difficult time. Um, but because of the difficulties that I sort of encountered there, I felt like it really... Um, pushed me to be independent and to be an independent artist, which helped me immensely and taught me so much ahead of time moving to New York, which is a place where a lot of things are self-motivated. I mean, most things are self-motivated, um, probably anywhere really, but, you know, I'd say in New York as, as a kind of 21 year old, 22 year old, it's really important to have this work ethic. And so I think because I felt like I had to kind of make my own work in Williamsport, that really, that lesson really carried over well into New York. Mm. You know, uh, I did some work with the Lycoming College digital media, whatever they're calling themselves now, but did you find that to be a worthwhile experience, the digital media part of Lycoming? Yeah, um, totally. And I'm actually still best friends. She actually, her and her husband just moved here to Maplewood after she came to visit um, with my friend Christina Moliterno, who went to Lycoming. Um, and she's an animator for uh, Rockstar Games now, and she was a, a, a digital media major. 
um, at Lycoming and, you know, Leia really helped her out. And um, again, Christine is a person who had a really has and, and has always had a really great work ethic. Um, so kind of, yeah, like I said, I had like kind of friends in all these different pockets that really um, helped me explore all these different artistic sides. Chelsea Moore, another person who would just be shooting films all the time. And um, I just loved that kind of all of my interactions there were really creative. And a lot of that did come from the digital media department. You moved to New York at 21, you said, right? 22, I think. Okay. I, right on the border of 21 and 22. Yeah. Since I've come here, I've been here for two years now. So I've befriended some people who are that age. They've come to New York. They want to be an actor. They don't realize how much work is involved. Um, mm -hmm. to, to make your living on at your dream um, is not easy. And so they, you know, after a little while, they give up and they go back. I think what happens a lot of times is they, they come to New York at that age. And if it's your first time in any major city at that age, how do you not get caught up in yourself and the party life and all that stuff at that age? How did you keep your vision intact? Um, I mean, I think it's different for everybody. Um, number one, the party life was far too expensive for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you go out, I mean, I could barely afford my rent. I always, I have this really distinct memory of being at a bar and having the thought of, I could have a beer right now, or I could do my laundry tomorrow. <laughs> and, and like, I, you know, you have to make sacrifices. It's a really expensive place to live. I think it's as simple as a couple things. If you really want it, you're going to do it. Simple. If you're there for the right reasons, you're going to do everything you can to make it work. If the party life and that sort of thing is the thing getting in the way, then I don't think this is the correct career. But if it is like other, other very, you know, typical things like finances and stuff like that, that's, that's more, to me, that's like I, much more understandable um, because it is really hard. And then on top of that, I don't know how I got it, probably my, my mother, but just this insane trust in my own gut and thinking, saying yes to, to things, going to everything. Oh my God, I went to every single thing that was free, that was anything that I could get my hands on, every play, every reading, everything. I worked at theaters as an usher so I could see plays for free. I... I saw great theater and bad theater and, and all of it I learned so much from, but you just have to show up. Yeah. I think, I think that is like any, uh, there's this great, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman interview where they, they asked him to give advice to actors starting out. And, and he said, any opportunity you have to get in a room and act, do it. It, it doesn't matter if it's as a reader behind the table. That was probably one of the, I mean, I've done it a few times now, but, the first time I did that was one of the most valuable days of education for me ever being on the other side. It's invaluable, truly. Yeah, I just, I just, anything I could go to, anything at all, and introducing myself to people and putting myself out there. And yeah, you have to, you know, be ready to leave that comfort zone and kind of put yourself in front of people and say, hi, I'm here and I'm, and I'm ready to work. And then I think, you know, as I did that and I sort of cast this net 
as far and wide as I could than knowing in my gut what was the right path for me when things started getting offered, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what sort of projects I wanted to be doing. In the beginning, it was everything and anything. And now it's a little more, you know, I'm, I'm much more cautious with my time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, you're, you're light years ahead of me uh, in, in a lot of ways. Because you've been, you started acting in New York how many years ago? Um, uh, seven, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... My first, I, my dad took me to the city when I was uh, like 10 and uh, to the Lion King auditions the first time. He's like, you're not going to get this part, but we're going to take you and you're going to see what it's like to go and audition for a Broadway show. So he took me and um, I went in, I sang my my little song and they, you know, let us they led the kids out and it was very clear. Like if you were being let out, you were not going to be in the show. And I bawled and I bawled and I, Oh my gosh. And you know, my dad said, finally we get to the parking lot. He puts me in the car and he says to me, um, Hey, (laughs) he's like, no more crying. You knew you weren't going to get it. And if this is what you want to do, then this is what it's going to be like. And I was like, I know, but I, I just want to cry for right now. And he's like, that's okay. Okay. You can cry. Um, <laughs> but like, I, you know, I never forgot that. It's sort of like, so I had that sort of um, understanding of it since I was really, really little. Um, so I've been around New York. I grew up 30 minutes from it. So I was, I was always there. I hated it as a kid. I hated the city. When my parents said we were going to the city, I was like, God, why? It's awful. It smells. There's so many people. And if you had told me then that I would live there and love it, I, I would never have believed you. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, like officially there and pounding the pavement seven years ago. And then, yeah. but since I was a kid, really. That's, and that's, you know, you and I are very similar. I've been a performer all of my life before any of this, but and I do, and I do think your parents deserve a lot of praise for making sure that you were aware of reality. Um, but there's, there's nothing quite like, there's, it's a different thing when you come to New York and you're like, Hey, this is Times Square. Or this is my friend doing this or whatever. This is my friend in a play. Yeah. It, when you actually come here and you're doing it every day, it, it's, it changes everything. And I hated this city as well until I started acting because now it's an adventure. It's a playground. I get to explore get new experiences every day all the time but one of the things that, that stood out to me you were talking about or at least it what it meant to me was you were talking about community and the way I met you via our friend Susan was she she gave me your contact info through something and I messaged you and you were so generous with the amount of information you were willing to give this would-be New York actor um, that you didn't know at all you barely had two connections with and you're like, yeah, here's, here's paragraphs worth of information, please. I think you and I perhaps have similarly generous hearts in that matter, but I, I've used your generosity with information as a template with the other people who are potentially aspiring New York actors. And I wanted to ask you because you have had proper schooling and I'm very much an autodidact and I, I've, I teach myself based on what other people have, have done. What are your thoughts on the differences between someone who has had proper arts uh, schooling and then chooses to become an actor as opposed to those of us who have just chosen to become it? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I have a lot, I have a, a mentor in mind who, who would, would kill me if he heard me say this, but I, I don't think that official schooling is the most important thing. Um, I do think it's important to be educated. I, I do. And I, I feel that a lot of um, my understanding of the theater has come from um, from having an education in it and all of that. But but I would say like it's I think it's really a person to person thing. Um, I do think it's important to take classes. I'll say that. I think I think being in an acting class is fantastic and. There's, if you have the money, there's, there's no reason that you shouldn't be taking a class um, in any sort of part of the field. I mean, I had no idea about voiceover, so I took a voiceover class, which helped me immensely. Um, taking an auditioning class. I mean, it's just good to keep yourself practicing. And, and what I like about a classroom setting is it's um, much lower stakes. Um, and you can kind of just mess up and you have that freedom to do that which is great um do i think like a four-year bfa is crucial no not really i think i think there's all sorts of ways to get educated um i learned again i learned so much so so much from being an usher and sitting in and watching all these plays downtown and and i saw these you know i I'm working with some of these actors now who I, I've told them a million times, like, I remember seeing you in this reading off Broadway and I thought like, I had just, I was not introduced to that realism and, and they kind of had all these, all their education that they were using and I'm watching them and I feel that I am learning from their performance, you know? So I think there's all different ways to learn. Um, yeah, I think if you can get in a class, absolutely get into a class. Um, there's a lot of really great acting teachers and, and they have so much to offer. Um, but, uh, and I think read as many plays and see as many plays and, um, as much as you can, I think just try to soak it in like a sponge. But, but I think if you do have that desire to learn about it, it doesn't necessarily matter how you do it. I don't think there's any specific program that's gonna make you more successful or whatever, maybe Juilliard, but even so, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I had um, somebody at some point said, just always be, be learning, always be taking classes. When I got here, I quickly uh, just ended up getting, I mean, it was a lot of things. I said, like you, I said yes to everything when I first got here. So it was student films and, uh, you know, things where I got paid 50 bucks for showing up and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I didn't have, I didn't have time for classes because I was working. Yeah. And, um, but I, I have had classes. I mean, I took a Meisner master class. I've taken voice lessons, et cetera. Um, but I, yeah, so I just wanted to, I kind of wanted to know whether you would corroborate that and just say, yeah, as long as you're working, you're learning. So you're fine. Yeah, I think, I think so you learn by doing, right? I mean, how do you learn to ride a bike? You get on the bike. I mean, you have training wheels, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, you learn by doing just as much. So if you are spending time working at it, I had a teacher who said to me, um, as long as you're doing one thing every day, 
for your career, then, then you're great. Um, and at the time I was like, that's not enough things. You should be doing three to five things a day. And then you, you know, you'll run yourself into the ground. But, but, um, I, I do believe that you learn by doing, and I don't think that there's a specific way to do it. I think, especially in this field, there's the, the most important thing is the drive to do it, um, why you're doing it and, and being honest and authentic. So however you can make yourself the most honest and authentic, I think that's what you should be doing. I, I agree 100%. And I have a question for you about, uh, first of all, you, you referenced uh, my favorite actor of all time, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, and he is someone that is versatile. He's elastic. He can be in that Ben Stiller movie, being the guy that sharded his pants. And he can also be Truman Capote and, and whatever. You're both comedic and dramatic. How do you not burn yourself out on one or the other or try to keep learning in both of those ways? I don't know. Um, I think for me, I, I, uh, <laughs> I really didn't want to be a funny, a comedic actor. For so long, I, I pushed against it. I was like, no, I am going to be serious. I'm a serious actor. And people are going to hear me seriously. Um, and I do, you know, fool for love and get laughs on a line that I thought was serious. And I'd be like, what the, what the <laughs> hell? And they're like, no, we love it. We love it. But it's still like, you're like, I, in my head, it was such a bad thing for so long. It was like, I, I'm not being taken seriously. And the truth is like, that's just who I, I am. I kind of, I'm like a foot and mouth kind of awkward, not entirely sure what I'm saying all the time. And and when that side comes out, that's the side people like to see because that's that's the authentic, right. truthful side. Um, and I think that it I think that it works. It can work well in either in either medium as long as you're um, or in either genre as long as you're uh, you're being truthful. Um, as for like unwinding and and such i've been really into comedies lately and i've been much more drawn to writing kind of funnier things i think because things in the world are extremely tense um and i just finished a play at the atlantic theater company um halfway bitches go straight to heaven by Stephen adley Girgis, um which is a beautiful beautiful play um and and a really difficult play a really difficult world to to live in and um we had the the privilege of working on for four months every day you know from 10 to 6 p.m and just working and working and, and learning these characters and learning this world and 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 it's a it's a difficult it's a it was a really tough world and we got to go to some halfway houses and um places and, and get to know these people and we watch documentaries and, and we had so many discussions and just about all these deeper issues and it was it was heavy. I mean it's it's heavy and it but it's real and it's in front of us every day in New York City and and I think it it's um hard because part of living in New York is learning to desensitize desensitized to all that because if you were to simply take it all in it might kill you but to actually have that as my focus for four months um was hard and so I'd come home and and I watched Schitt's Creek 
and The Office and Parks and Rec and Dairy Girls and anything short and funny that made me laugh. And, you know, I think, I think both of them are important and, and both of them, you know, Shits Creek, Dairy Girls, both of those have made me cry. Like, yeah, because, because yeah, comedy can, comedy has like a way of cutting to a deep truth and, and sort of playing with your emotions in a, in a very different way than, than dramatic theater does. What am I doing here? Sorry, is a, I'll give you the short version. A web series that I wrote with um, my friend Alex Riad uh, about all the crazy side jobs that me and my friends have had in New York since moving there. My first job was working in Times Square handing out coupons. This is only temporary until my acting career skyrockets. I just moved here so it's nice to be you know, smack in the heart of the city. Plus it's close to auditions and celebrities pass by all the time. And the only other job that I was qualified for was this ad on Craigslist that was looking for beautiful girls with gorgeous feet. It's $400 a day for, you know, whatever that means. <laughs> My first job was working in Times Square handing out coupons for a big chain restaurant. And uh, it was miserable. And I just always had this idea um, to write this sort of office mockumentary version of this person. and. Just, I just had so many different jobs that were I was being told about that I was like, it's so much bigger than just one job. And, um, and so we wrote that and yeah, we wrote three episodes and produced it and, and it's, it's great, it's on YouTube now. I thank you so much for giving me some of your time. Of course. So, well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Molly. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, stay safe, stay healthy. So I am optimistic about this job, for sure. Get off my turf.